It's a trap! Hello and welcome to Radio TCX, your weekly source for X-Wing news and strategy. I'm Tim Dugan, and I'm joined, as always, or as most of the time, by my co-host, Carson Ray. Hello, everybody. It's a great day to talk about X-Wing. Carson is back fresh from a trip to Fort Worth, Texas, where he was playing in the uh, system open down there. And uh, you had a pretty good time, didn't you, Carson? Did you enjoy Texas? Oh, yeah. Uh, It was awesome. Uh, it's great to be in Texas and it's nice and warm. Great to be playing X-Wing. Uh, hyperspace is a lot of fun. It was a little rough, uh, coming back, uh, to the airport and having to scrape ice off my car after being in the nice Texas heat, but you know, that's just life up here. <laughs> well, at least it's probably not as cold in Colorado as it is in Minnesota right now. It is pretty rough. Yep, sucks to be you. So Carson is the uh, first member of Radio TCX to have a real hyperspace uh, experience at a major tournament. So we're going to be talking about his time at the Texas System Open. And we'll also be looking at some of the top lists that we saw there that caught our eye from the System Open. Um, this is kind of a, a one of the first big events, not the first System Open, but one of the first big events where we're really starting to see the meta shake out for hyperspace. And this will kind of forge the path for what we're going to see in the next couple months leading up to when all three members of radio tcx are going to be at adepticon in chicago yeah so this was you know the first weekend where we had large-scale events for the new hyperspace format uh hyperspace is pretty great i think list building for hyperspace is tough but the gameplay is awesome so you know we'll get it right into that yeah, let's not keep the people waiting. Let's let's get into our conversation about the Texas System Open. All right, so this was a tough system open to prepare for. Uh, brand new format, new points, new pilots, new ships. Uh, so many unknown factors. It was pretty stressful to even just come up with a list. Um, and I didn't have much practice time either going into it. Um, and the list I did try, uh, with the practice time I had, uh, did not perform very well. So <laughs> I kind of just came up with a list and the first game I played with it was round one at the system open. <laughs> I can attest to this too. Cause you were texting me, John and Paul about stuff you should fly. Like, I don't know, two or three days prior to the event. Um, and I really do have to commend you for your really strong will because no matter how many times me, John, or Paul told you not to fly Poe, uh, you insisted and you flew Poe anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Like, your guys' feedback on Poe is right. You know, he's not amazing. Um, but you just don't have many other options um, if you want to fly a resistance, which I didn't necessarily need to fly resistance. Um, but I ended up there. <laughs> I think you fall back. You find that comfortable split space in X-Wing where you like to stay. And I feel like resistance for you has done so much work for you in the past that like you're either going to fly resistance or Republic, right? At this point, unless something really catches your eye. Well, so here's the thing is I really enjoy mobility and I think the resistance is the best for that. So that's usually where I end up. Um, so 
I think I approach list building maybe a little differently than everybody else, um, where I'm not really looking for what the best list is. Um, I kind of know how I want to win games, and I look for lists that give me the tools to do that. Sure. Um, and so, like, I, you know, the fangs are really strong in hyperspace. Um, we saw a lot of scum lists overall at Texas, and we saw a lot of them do well. Um, I think they also did pretty well uh, across the pond uh, in the UK system open. But just the one repositioning action, not much health. Yes, they can survive really well at range one, but I just didn't like the consistency in their defense, you know, compared to a T70. Uh, you know, having three shields, whew, that's a lot. Um, well, I mean, your list does feature some key players who have really good mobility. So why don't you break down what your list was for everybody listening? Yeah, so I ended up going with uh, Poe Dameron with heroic garbage oils. Yep, uh, R4 Astromech and the Black 1 title, uh, which gives Poe a lot of mobility. I didn't really use the title too much, but um, just kind of a get-out-of-jail-for-free card sometimes. Um, and then my favorite part of the list was Azizi Tlo, the new A-Wing pilot uh, at Initiative 5 with Advanced Optics and Heroic. And I think Zizi is like the best Advanced Optics A-Wing. Uh, just because of that ability, you know, after you perform an attack or defend, you can spend her one recurring charge to get a focus or evade token. Yeah, so she's pretty cool. She comes in the new Hot Shots and Aces pack where you get about a dozen new pilots across the um, basically every faction that's not Republic or Separatists. Um, and she is an, at initiative 5-2 for only 40 points. So um, it's a lot, uh, maybe a lot of points to invest in an A-Wing, but you do get a lot of work out of her, and she has a really good initiative. Right. Obviously, you know, high initiative on these super mobile A-Wings is pretty nice. Uh, but that ability to be able to, you know, spend your focus on offense and then still get a green token to modify your three agility uh, is pretty awesome. Means you just have really good, consistent offense and it really not a good target for defense. Yeah. So those two make up the mobile aces within this list. And then, um, to complement that, I have the dream team of Jess Pava with S foils and Rose Tico uh, in that little escape pod or transport pod. Yeah, and these are kind of, I would say, like the workhorses of your list. Jess, of course, having that one recurring charge, and when she's attacking or defending, she can spend that charge to reroll a number of dice uh, equal to the friendly ships at range one of her. So she can, you know, get offensive rerolls if she needs them, defensive ones if she really needs them. And you usually flew Rose behind because that really complemented Rose's pilot ability where she gets offensive or defensive rerolls for each friendly ship in her firing arc, right? Right. Um, yeah, these two work really well. Jess being in Rose's firing arc gives her rerolls. Rose being near Jess uh, gives rerolls for Jess's ability. Obviously, your other ships can you know, stay near or uh, not to Jess, whether or not you need the modification or the flanking. Um, but yeah, Jess and Rose just provide both consistent defense for each other and consistent offense um, at initiative three, which I think is pretty nice. There's a lot of initiative one and initiative two 
um, list with high ship counts that you really need um, some strong offense against. And I, you know, I tried some resistance lists, you know, that had more A wings or fireballs, um, you know, with high initiative, but just a lot of two uh, attack die attacks that didn't really have much modification. Uh, Jess and Rose, you know, they give you that solid offense um, and the ability to destroy some ships uh, before they get to fire because you have a slightly higher initiative. So I guess my first question about this list is, since me and John were pressuring you so much not to run Poe, um, do you think we were right, or did you end up liking the way Poe fit into your list? Um, I, You know, you guys are definitely right in that Poe is the biggest liability in this list. You know, he's 73 points. Uh, when you do lose him, that is a huge deficit. Uh, I, and I'd say, like, the reason I think he's also a liability is not just the points you're investing, but you lose a lot of your offensive potential when Poe goes away. Because I feel like you're depending in a lot of ways on his attack. Because you only have two T70s here with three attack dice. And then ZZ and Rose each have two attack dice. So uh, there's this factor of, like, you'll go down on points if you lose Poe, and you don't have as good a way to climb back and regain the point lead. Yeah, for sure. You know what? Like, if I could have old Snap Wexley that can double mod his offense or knee and nub with Pattern Analyzer, I would probably take that over Poe. Um, but I do want a high initiative T70 with reliable offense, um, which means Poe's kind of the only choice there. Um, and he is a really good endgame ship if you can get him there. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely, right? Like, he's got the double repositions if he needs them. He's I6. You had a little bit of a bid. Um, I'm really curious, though, about ZZ Tolo. So this is one of the, this is a, one of the newest pilots in the game. Initiative 5 are... Initiative 5 RZ2 A-Wing comes in at just 40 points. You had that pretty lean loadout of Heroic, which basically is a nothing card, and then Advanced Optics, so you could spend focuses to change blank rolls into hits, or one blank die into a hit. Um, did ZZ pay off for the cost you invested? You know, I will say in five of the six games I played, ZZ definitely paid off her cost. Uh, huge all-star of the list. Uh, just, you know, that one game I was on stream, uh, you know, not ZZ's <laughs> best game. Not not my best game either. Uh, maybe I'm more at fault than ZZ is. I'm not sure. It was a really fun one to watch, though. I'll give you that. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. It's always great being eliminated <laughs> on stream. Um, I guess, you know, that seems to be a Radio TCX trend as of late, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> That seems to be where we crap out. Well, it's also nice, too, uh, when you have Chris Allen there giving a great narration into how you're disappointing everybody. So good to, good to have that on board. Yep. So unfortunately, your day ended during the Swiss rounds where you, you ended up 4-2, and two, and um, so that second loss, the one you had on stream, sealed the deal for you uh, with the X-2 and two record. But otherwise, you know, winning record performance, which is pretty good for a list that you hadn't flown until the day of, right? Right. I mean, obviously it would have been sweet to make the cut, um, but still had the top performing resistance list uh, of the day. So, you know, that's an achievement in itself. Um, I think the resistance has a lot to offer uh, within hyperspace. Um, so if you're a resistance player, you know, give this list a try or, you know, um, there's a lot of good elements you can take from here and put with other sweet resistance ships. Yeah, I mean, the faction, I think, does have a lot of strong players still. Jess Pava still an excellent ship, really good value. And I think you're right about being at I3 is a super important place to be, especially in hyperspace right now, where we're seeing a lot of swarmy lists that usually are at I1, maybe I2. 
So to have that little bit of initiative advantage means you can start removing pieces before they shoot. So I think the resistance does have a lot of tricks left. I think ZZ is a great new addition too, where I think she's just affordable enough and that I-5 is going to be pretty important in the metagame. So she fills a really good role there. I'm not still not sold on Poe. I think that's an overinvestment, but I'm also not sure what else you'd put in for, what, 73 points. Right. I think you could restructure it um, and focus more on the lower initiative. That's definitely a different way you could take it. Um, but if you, you know, don't want to play Resistance, um, I think there's a lot of good lists um, we can look at of people that did better than I did. We had all of the different factions uh, besides Resistance represented in the cut. And I think there's a lot to like there. All right, so uh, we've got, Kirsten, we've got your overall experience from the event here. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the other players at this event. Um, of course, we have to give a shout out to Duncan Howard, who is the champion for this event. Uh, breaking his more or less tradition of being a well-known ace player, he won this event flying, um, kind of not surprisingly, a Separatist Swarm. Yeah, of course, huge shout out to Duncan. Um, it is pretty annoying how good this guy is. <laughs> I mean, he's just proven time and time again that not only is he good at one specific list type, he is good with pretty much every X-Wing list type. Um, and I think he also did a good job in demonstrating that, you know, there was maybe some skepticism about the Separatists not having sh cards like Captain Seer in the hyperspace format. Well, as it turns out, they're still doing pretty good even without Captain Seer. Right, so Duncan elected to not go with any tactical relay in his eight-ship Separatist swarm. He's got quite an interesting list here. He's got three Trade Federation drones with Discord missiles and grappling struts. Um, he's got three more Trade Federation drones. One of them has grappling struts. And then he's got two Techno Union bombers with plasma torpedoes and landing struts. Um, we did see a theme here with the Separatists of the successful ones did kind of stray away from the tactical relays and just focused on their points on munitions so two plasma torpedoes on those techno union bombers and then three trade federation drones with discord missiles you know this eight ship swarm still packing quite a bit of damage well and there's there's some built-in synergy here too obviously grappling struts and landing struts are a really powerful upgrade card let the drones kind of sit in the middle of the board or sit on some obstacles there. Um, but I think the real synergy here comes from the combination of plasma torpedoes on the Techno Union bombers and the Discord missiles on three of those drones, where plasma torpedoes does a good job of being able to strip off shields from your opponent, which then means when people fire off, you know, those Discord missiles and you get those uh, buzz droids attached to your ship, when they deal that critical damage at the end of the round, well, hopefully the plasma torpedoes have already stripped off the shields, so the ship is actually going to start taking those crits rather than just absorbing them in shields. Yeah, it basically means nobody's safe from the Discord missiles. Uh, they're just going to either slowly or rather quickly shred your list apart. Um, you know, you still have six Trade Federation drones just plinking away with their attacks as well um, and just creating a mess of a board state where it's really hard to even avoid uh, the Discord missiles, the torpedoes. What's interesting about this list is we see some other ones use the probe droids to set up target locks, um, but those Techno Union bombers are just, you know, moving into range three, taking those target locks, and then just using the calculates from all their friendly Trade Federation drones to modify uh, the torpedoes. 
Yeah, and I think while we're on the subject of the Sep Swarms here, we should talk a little bit about Jesse Cho, who was the player who eliminated your chances at making that top cut uh, when he played on your stream match. He was also flying Separatist, and he was using the probe droids, um, but he also had just a blank Trade Federation drone, no upgrades, three Trade Federation drones with Discord missiles and landing struts, and then three Trade Federation drones with concussion missiles and landing struts, which those concussion missiles surprised you a little bit, right, Carson? Well, you know, it's not like I'm surprised that concussion missiles did damage, but it's just like, so this is a tough one to approach. I mean, similar to Duncan, where, you know, you have the Discord missile carriers in the front, and that's just, you know, an awkward place to be um, when you're in the threat range of the Discord missiles. Um, So I chose to dive deeper um, past those guys with my ZZ and then landed in concussion range. Uh, which turned out to be quite a mistake because those concussion missiles, you know, they have the target lock that he set up with the probe droids, but then you have all of the calculates from the friendly drones, um, and those just seem to always sink three hits. (laughs) I mean, yeah, there's a lot of modification. It's like, it's kind of what you have to expect uh, playing against that, that they just always are going to get three hits. And you just don't expect that kind of damage output from a list with as many cheap ships. But basically, you were facing against three fully modded three dice attacks, um, which is like pretty hard, especially for ZZ, who, yeah, you can get the extra defensive token, but you only have a couple tokens to deal with those three attacks. Uh, and that proved to be lethal to her, right? Yep. Um, you know, it doesn't take much if you don't roll any evades. So, um, <laughs> I mean, they were going to hurt regardless, but yeah. But Carson, you had heroic, right? Didn't that save you? <laughs> yeah, almost. It almost triggered twice. <laughs> uh, I'm going to stand by my position of even if I fly resistance again, which I probably will eventually, you will never see me fly heroic at all. I'm just not going to do it. I'd rather save the points for the bid. I will say it did keep my Poe alive in a few games. Looked pretty good on his two agility. And how many times did you lose the bid because of him? Uh, just once, but I won that game, so I think it's okay. Oh, you're right. I'm proven wrong. Uh, so let's look at some of the other lists here that we liked in uh, the top cut there. Um, one thing that was cool was to see representation from Boba Fett. Um, we kind of had a feeling that he was going to be pretty strong. Obviously, Boba Fett's ability to reroll dice on offense or defense when there are enemy ships at range one uh, can be pretty relevant when you're dealing with lists that are like seven to eight ships in the cut. Um, and we had, you know, Bobby Wee make to make it all the way to the final table with just Boba Fett and Fen Rao. Yeah, uh, this is one of the lists I tested, and I I had a slightly different Boba, but that Fearless Fen I felt was like too much of a liability. Um, so shout out to Bobby Wee for keeping him alive. Um, yeah, not easy in this field. And Bobby opted to uh, load out that Boba Fett pretty heavily. We have Fearless on there, the Maul crew card, which, of course, passive mods. Having that force charge is pretty good. Uh, Cluster Mines on there, too, to deal with some of those swarm groups. Contraband Cybernetics to get actions even when you're stressed that one turn. And then Hull Upgrade and Slave 1, which Slave 1, if you're winning the initiative and you have higher initiative pilots, that's, I mean, super clutch on a fire spray. Yeah, um, one thing I think was one of my big takeaways from this weekend was that I think the mall crew is just the clear winner for crew choices for Boba Fett. Um, there's a lot of good options. 
Um, you have triple zero, which has been a popular option for a long time, or perceptive copilot. You know, really, you're just looking at other ways to give him more green tokens to maximize the effectiveness of his pilot ability and just keep him alive as long as possible. Um, so green tokens help with that. Um, but the best one is one you don't have to work at all for. Maul, you just get that force token comes back every turn and you can get more back if you really need it um you know take some stress keep getting that force back with the card text on mall it's not just providing the forced token and and having the fenrau in this list i like i am up and down on that it does require you play very well with your aces because if you get fen in a bad position um, there's not much he can do on defense. He's only got four hit points. He doesn't have access to evade token. So it's really all about using your one reposition action to get him, you know, out of the way of shots or just in really um, unfavorable opportunities for your opponent to shoot. Um, but at the same time, you've got Boba there, who's such a threat that a lot of the opponent's attention will be focused on Boba anyway, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, the nice part about this list is you get a substantial bid, which you should if you only have two ships. Um, and so you really do get to leverage the mobility of both of these ships. Uh, Boba Fett with the Slave 1 and, of course, just the native boost uh, is incredibly mobile for a medium-based ship. And Fenrout, you know, he's okay at repositioning, but when you're I-6 and get to move last, uh, obviously there's a lot you can do there. We also saw other successful versions of Boba make it into the cut. Uh, Steven Consoli had Boba with just Maul and Slave 1 title, so pretty simple loadout. And then two of the I-4 Skull Squadron Fang Fighters with Fearless. Um, so that's a little bit of a simpler loadout. You take away some of the variability of Fen by having two Fangs in his place. And at I-4, you know, they're capping above even things like just Pava and a lot of those good I-3 ships. So it's almost like the counterplay to the counterplay of people are running lots of low initiative, other people run kind of middle initiative, and then you run Skull Squadron, so you can be just above those middle initiative pilots. Yeah, um, Steven was my first loss in Swiss. Uh, this was a pretty close game. That Those two Skull Squadron fangs just uh, shredded most of my list. Um, obviously, with Fearless, they have a lot more punching power um, at range one. And, man, they are just difficult to take off the board. Uh, when you have just Fen, you know, you can manage taking off one Fang. Um, but being against two, that's that's a lot more work uh, to eliminate those guys. Um, so I really like this list uh, for Scum. You know, you get the best upgrade cards on Boba. You get Maul and Slave 1. Um, and then you get a little bit more consistency because now you have two Fangs. Uh, so if one explodes horribly... You still have one left. Um, and against a lot of this format, those skulls are going to be moving last um, and really put the pressure on the high hit point or just high ship count opponents. Yeah, and honestly, if I mean, I think these are both great lists, and obviously both the players did a really good job with them. I'm, I'm more inclined to try out Steven's list with the two skulls because I feel like in the hyperspace environment right now, I'd rather have the two I-4s just to have that extra gun on the table. Fen, of course, has a great pilot ability, but even if you get into range one, um, you're going to take some damage eventually without, you know, without an evade token or any other way to defend you, especially if you're getting shot at by, like, eight Separatist drones. Yeah, and obviously, like, Fenner has a higher ceiling. You know, whenever my opponents play him, the extra attack dice really matters. 
um, even with his just one focus mod. Uh, but when I play him, I'd much rather have the consistency of a second Fang. We also did see one thing that maybe surprised me a little bit, not because I didn't expect to see him, but Blake Dillon uh, made it into the top four with five Blue Squadron rookies. So that's the five T-65 X-Wing list. Now, I expected this list to do well. I would not have expected it to make it all the way into the top four. Um, so I think it's I think I underestimated this one a little bit. Right. Obviously, you know, five X-Wings, you got the tools to win games uh, just through sheer uh, weight of fire and uh, pretty good resiliency that you just get with the T-65. Um, but, of course, to make it to the top four, uh, that's going to take, you know, a player who can, you know, really maximize um, that efficiency. I think probably one thing that did help him was in an environment where there's so many swarms and they're all at, like, I-1. Having a bunch of I-2s means they're basically all mini aces against those swarms. Um, so that you're not bound to conventional swarm flying tactics with them. You can put them wherever you want. Um, another rebel list that I liked um, was AC Jaeger, who flew uh, Luke with S-Foils, Thane Kyrell with S-Foils, and then two Red Squadron experts with uh, Selflessness. Thane's my boy. Or Selfless. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, I mean, so here we have four X-Wings, but we get higher initiative um, and some selfless to protect uh, your initiative five X-Wing pilots. But again, showing us the value of uh, initiative five in the hyperspace format. And Thane's actually got a pretty interesting ability. I will maintain that Thane has the best pilot art of any card in second edition X-Wing right now, uh, barring maybe those cool new pilot arts for Inferno Squadron that you got at the event. Yeah, they're awesome. Uh, but Thane, yeah, landing in at a relatively affordable Initiative 5. Luke, of course, being able to get recursive value out of his Force Charges, uh, which does well when you're getting a lot of smaller shots there. You always have something to modify your defense, which can really boost Luke's survivability. And I think with the environment as it is, Luke is going to be probably one of your best closing options. Yeah, Luke is a substantial role player uh, for the Rebels. You know, you get really good modification. Um, I like the trend we see with between Jaeger and Blake Dillon's lists, um, where we're really just looking at efficiency. The only really upgrades that Jaeger included there are just the selfless uh, talents for the Red Squadrons. Um, it's just, you know, spamming those T-65s, choosing some higher initiative with better pilot abilities over the fifth X-Wing. But, you know, just X-Wings are good. Let's take as many as we can. Uh, no need for upgrades um, and just, you know, figure it out on the table. And I think, you know, these are pretty good lists when you're looking at, I have no idea what the field is really going to be um, because this is the first big weekend. Um, and so just taking stuff that is consistent and, you know, we'll problem solve um, when we get there. We also saw some new representation from our uh, new first order expansion, the BA tie interceptor, AKA Von Reg's tie. Uh, Radio TC, one of Radio TCX's arch nemeses, Doug Howe, made it all the way through the top cut there with just a Von Reg pilot, no upgrades, and then uh, an I-1 TIE silencer, and then Kylo Ren with instinctive aim and proton torpedoes, which that is a pretty baller move to put on just Kylo, just instinctive aim, protons, I don't need target locks, I'm just going to throw a bunch of dice at you. Well, yeah, I think what's 
Also interesting about Doug's list is usually Kylo is the ace that people don't put upgrades on, and Von Reg um, has a lot of good options for um, pretty cheap upgrades. You know, Daredevil's good. You can give him a missile or, you know, the regen. Uh, but no upgrades on Von Reg and a lot of points on Kylo with those proton torpedoes. But those proton torpedoes pack a lot of punch. You know, you take that lock... And then you have the rerolls plus two force. Or if you're going up against uh, initiative sixes or fives moving after you, uh, you can just take that focus and then spend a force to fire those torpedoes and hope that's good enough. Uh, so I like the versatility there. And I really th I think this is a case where instinctive aim is a really wise choice because having flown Kylo a fair bit by myself, um, one of the biggest issues you'd have is when you're dealing with those I-6s or I-5s that beat you on initiative, you wouldn't be able to get the target lock to have your most potent attack just because you're moving first. Instinctive aim lets you gamble on that a little bit where I think, you know, a pretty reasonable expected outcome with four dice, um, no target lock, and you have one force mod would be to generate three hits, um, which is a pretty solid attack if you're just trying to ping some damage through. And then, you know, just the number of times it'll show up as right. four. Right, well, you probably have a focus yeah. there. Yeah, same deal, right? But, I mean, you that way you have two points of modification, one for defense and one for offense. And an average roll on four dice would be two hit or crit results, a focus result, and a blank. So I feel like you're averaging out three hits, which is a pretty good outcome when you're trying to deal with a higher initiative ace. Right, especially if you use that initiative one silencer to block them, take away their mods and then light them up with Von Reg and Kylo. Right, and if you're dealing with something that has little or no shields, getting the free crit result from Proton Torpedoes is also very relevant early on in the game. This would be something terrifying that Fen'Rao does not want to see. Ooh, okay, one more Fen'Rao list. Um, Got to go to Alex Smittle. Uh, Fen'Rao, six mining gold sentries, 200 points, no upgrades. You just got a whole tie swarm to protect Fenrao. Get him to that end game. It's pretty clutch here. Um, so having seven ships here is pretty solid. Six of them flying in, I presume, some sort of formation. They have the option there to split up. Uh, the Mining Guild ties are interesting because with their ship ability, they're able to ignore asteroids while they're moving through them, um, which is actually a lot of times very relevant when you're flying any kind of tie swarm. I know one of the lists I played at uh, the Las Vegas Open, uh, it, was a, it was seven classic imperial tie fighters with just a tie punisher that was launching uh seismic charges and basically what my opponent did there was was just blowing up all the rocks that would get in the way of the tie fighters so that the tie fighters could fly together however they wanted um which made it really difficult to approach so i feel like you're getting a lot of the same effect here where the tie fighters don't mind they can cut through the asteroids all they want and i as the opposing player have to be more conscious of what i'm doing around those asteroids yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons if you are not scum or separatist to not bring asteroids in hyperspace, which I find frustrating um, personally. But yeah, I did bring a, one gas cloud, and I think maybe I want a second one in my list. Uh, the last list I wanted to talk about, too, um, and I think we mentioned this on the show a couple weeks ago, um, since they saw a points drop here for... Jedi Knights in uh, the most recent point update, you can run four of the generic Jedi Knight I-3s with calibrated laser targeting, and then you have a decent number of points to slot in a fifth ship. We actually saw uh, the top performing player in Swiss, Chris Merrick, 
make it all the way to top eight with four Jedi Knights calibrated laser targeting, and then a broadside Republic Y-Wing with ion cannon turret and hull upgrade. Yeah, this is a sweet list. You know, once again, we're at initiative three, so there's a lot um, we can do against the swarms. Um, and this list has the ship count um, to really, you know, leverage that initiative um, and kind of be a anti-swarm against the swarms. Um, but still have enough offensive pressure to pressure uh, the ace builds that are, of course, out there. Um, you know, broadside's a nice option there. You know, catch some aces with that really powerful ion cannon turret that works well with his pilot ability. And then, you know, once they get ioned, those four Jedi Knights can really use their calibrated laser targeting well. I mean, that's the biggest holdup, right, is getting the Jedis to be able to line up their bullseye so they can get the added focus result from calibrated laser targeting. Broadside would make that setup pretty easily. If you can just tag something, you'll know pretty much exactly where it's going to be. And then you just line up a couple Jedi shots to remove it from the board. Yeah, really cool list. I'll have to try that one sometime. So, Carson, now that we've taken a look at a lot of what was going on in the top cut there, where, what do you feel like the overall direction of the hyperspace metagame is going right now? Because I feel like we're going to see, you know, an even higher prevalence of high ship counts. I mean, yes and no. So Swarm's definitely a big part of this metagame, um, but they are not at all the, like, only aspect of this metagame. There are, you know, full ace lists doing very well. You know, we saw... Uh, Doug Howe and Bobby Wee with, you know, very all in on the aces uh, do very well. Um, and then, you know, there are the mid range lists. Um, like AC Jaeger's list is a great example. You know, just a four ship count. Um, you know, no really big bid. Uh, but, you know, still finds ways to win games consistently. I think the thing that makes me the most optimistic about hyperspace here is that there's a pretty wide diversity of different lists that can accommodate different play styles. So I, I agree with you, Carson. Like, um, I, I maybe expect to see more of the higher ship counts than you do, but there is still counterplay to it, and there are still different ways you can play the game. So Boba Fett and Fen, or Boba Fett and Two Skulls, feels very different than flying save on Reg Kylo and a silencer. Um, so you'll have some options there, even if you're not at all interested in those seven or eight ship count lists. Right. I mean, I think if you're not playing a swarm, you'd still need to have a pretty good plan against the swarm. But that isn't, I don't think at all, like you're not facing just swarms, which I think is some of the feedback I saw um, as impressions about, you know, our first experience of hyperspace, that it's all just swarms all the time. And that's uh, pretty far from the case. Uh, but you will play some. Yeah, so it's something you definitely have to be prepared for and something I think we will all be preparing for when we play at Adepticon in March. Well, and so my closing thought was, you know, uh, if you have the option to go to a system open, uh, for sure do it because not only did I have a blast uh, playing in this hyperspace format, I thought all the games were really fun. Uh, the prizes for the system open were awesome. The Inferno Squadron uh, alternate uh, cardboard punch, uh, and just the um, basic pilot cards with the new art, I thought were really cool. Uh, really good art. They're double-sided, uh, which is awesome. You have, you know, the close-up of the pilot on one side, and then the full art of their ship art on the back. It's really cool. 
yeah, I, th- I thought that was pretty neat too. I didn't even know about the double-sided art. Like maybe it was in the article, but it didn't register with me until you sent me the photos. And yeah, we're getting some really good prize support right now for this series. And I don't even think that, you know, obviously the templates and template trays are cool. Um, but I think most of the cool prizes were just in the participation prizes, which, you know, you get for playing the main event. You get tickets by doing aces high or playing in the alternate qualifier. Um, there's plenty of ways to get enough tickets to get all the sweet prizes that you want at the prize table. And I think that's where the best prizes are, are at the prize table. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Radio TCX. If you like the show, please go on to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Radio TCX, and like our Facebook page. You can also actually leave a review on Facebook. That's a great way for people who are looking around for X-Wing shows to know that you actually enjoy this one. And if you want to help the show grow and reach a wider audience, uh, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes saying what you like about the show. And if you want to support the show directly, please consider going on to patreon.com slash radio TCX and become a supporter of the show today. It really means so much to us. Again, folks, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Radio TCX. We will talk to you next week with, oh man, tons of new releases out right now. We've got several new packs, card packs, obstacle packs, um, as well as more stuff going along with the hyperspace format. So lots of stuff to talk about in the next few weeks. So we will see you soon. All right, let's get into it. I think, I think I'm gonna stop saying episode numbers at the start. Welcome to another episode of Radio TCX. Welcome to Radio TCX. Just welcome to uh, hello and welcome to Radio TCX. Yeah. All right, no. that sounds good. Your weekly source. We're, we're we're in the it's so many that it doesn't matter. It does. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't matter specifically what one this is. All right, <clears throat> here we go. Unless it's a like milestone number. monumental episode yeah well i'll still write the numbers in yeah right, when i post it we'll see i might tinker i might put them at the end of the name and just do the name for it. we'll see i'll think i'll think about it hello and welcome to episode son of a gun all right <laughs> it's just so ingrained in my memory